Well, top of the morning or evening, whatever it is to you gardeners and homesteaders, we hope everybody's having a fantastic day. And we're just so happy to be here with you. We hope you're having a great holiday season. Right now, Batavia and myself are planning our gardens for next year. We're getting our seeds started, our seeds in order, getting everything going. And we want to just give this opportunity, first of all, for you guys to hear the top five episodes from last year. So these are the episodes that you guys listened to the most, commented and enjoyed on. So be sure to enjoy these. I'm excited to re-listen to them myself. And also, we have a couple of announcements. One is I am starting to do uh, seed starting date profiles for people. So if that's something you're interested in and you want, we can do a seed starting profile for you. Just email me at sandybottomhomestead at gmail.com. And the first 10 people to do it are going to get a 50% off discount. And this will be geared for you and your area. So give me your state and your city that you live in. And we'll get you a customized seed starting schedule for you. Because what I found out in the past couple of years is, in fact, I was starting my seeds way too late. And I wasn't taking proper precautions and using the seeds to the best of their ability to grow bigger, stronger plants and thrive more, rotate my crops out so I can get three to four season gardening out of it. Depending on where you are, you can get that fourth season. Little disclaimer there. But definitely reach out at sandybottomhomestead at gmail.com and we'll get one made for you. And also, we are proud to give you our sponsor, which is Planter App. And like I said, this is the time of year where we're going to be planning our gardens and we will be using the planter app. It is an amazing app and it's just, it's grown so much over the years. It's amazing, but you can create profiles on it. You can make all your different gardens and layouts and it's drag and drop interface. It has all the details you need for your plantings, for your plants, for your frost dates, your days to go out. It has everything you need, gives you pest controls, companion, combative plantings, just it's got it all. I mean, it's something that I have really fallen in love with over the year and I credit the success of my garden to this over the years. So definitely check it out. There's a link below that will get you a hefty discount on it. So please take advantage of that because this is the season in which we're going to be starting our gardens and planting them. And we want you to take advantage of it so you can get off to a great start for the year. And it is available on Apple and Google. You can use it on your PC. You can use it on your tablet and your phone. So anywhere you are, you can use this app. So check it out. That's the Planter app, the P-L-A-N-T-E-R app. And make sure you use the link below to get your discount. And that was a mouthful, everybody. So without further ado, we're going to play these episodes. And just know we are planning our gardens just as hard as we can because we are ready for the new year. And well, and also new Batavia, if you know what I'm saying. But also the next gardening season. So everybody, as you listen to this, remember, we're going to learn to grow and grow for change. All righty, gardeners. Do you have a pot? Do you have some dirt? Do you have a plant? Well, then you can have a ready-made container garden. What a perfect way to expand your garden. Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds. And must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. 
Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We are your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, Miss Batavia, I think it's time to upgrade the bell. Just so we know, we need we may need a replacement. I think you have worn out the ringing mechanism in it, so there's that. I think we're fine. Hold on. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, okay. We'll take it. All right, you know the deal. Real quick, if you want to be a patron and help support the show, links are down below in the description. We would love to have you, and it helps support the show, and you will get two extra episodes a month. And we are personally excited about our after show that we have created. So come check that out. And in the link below, shirts, cub, cups, cubs. Yeah, we're not selling baby bears. <laughs> Mugs, all that good stuff. 25% off code BYG Spring. And now back to the regularly scheduled program. So container gardening. I know you love it, don't you? I'm a big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So I have a love-hate relationship with it, an extreme love-hate relationship, but that's okay. And I know that we have had this show for a couple of years now, and yet another subject that we haven't really tapped into is container gardening. Mm-hmm. This is true. I know why we haven't. Why is that? Because the garden, man, the container gardening crew scares me, man. They are just like, they are a tight group. You know what I mean? They love it. I mean, I've heard you say this before. Yeah, so they don't scare me, but I, I respect the game. <laughs> but um, how many containers are you running right now? Um, I can say last year I got up to 40 containers, varying in size, everything from like one gallon containers up to 20 gallons. So we'll see um, what this year brings. There's no plan to cut back significantly, and there isn't a plan to extend significantly either. So, so you're just going to kind of stay status quo? I mean, we'll see. There's some things that definitely um, I made notes of, mental or otherwise, that um, could have done better in a different type of container. So I'll yeah. make adjustments. Um and this Similar is to my dis- raised beds, my plan for containers is swimming around in my head. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, as far as containers go, is a raised bed considered a container in your book? Is a raised bed considered a container? I've heard this before. In my book, it's not considered a container. Yeah, me either. I do have a caveat that we'll get into later, but I think that's just me trying to justify, which is okay. I can justify every once in a while, can't I? It's unbecoming of myself. But um, I'm running... One, two, three. I think four right now, but I am expanding this year. And I know that I've flopped a little bit and said like, "Ah, I don't like containers, I don't like containers, but I've found a good use for them, which kind of, in my mind, in my mind, that's what spurred this conversation that we're about to have. So... um, I think there's a, a definite benefit and there's definite drawbacks to it as well. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Challenges, I'd say, is the way yeah, I describe challenges, it. Challenges, limitations, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we can get in with all the uh, synonyms we want, but 
in all reality, I mean, I think it's a it's not a definitely it's definitely not a win win. And I think you have to consider um, a number of things which we will discuss about how well they're going to function inside of your garden, because your garden is different than my garden. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, if there is a statement to be made, container gardening um, puts people that otherwise some people otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to garden. It gives them an opportunity to garden. Um, for sure. So I, I love it for that. Yeah. And it's, um, it's definitely a way to like dip your toes into the water too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's also, you know, kind of as a part of the container or the expansion series that we're in, um, you know, what is it now? 1,488 beds that I have. Like 1,483. 83. Okay. Why would you bother with containers when you have that growing space? Right. And there are a couple of different reasons, but, um, one of them is it allows me to expand with little work. I didn't say little investment because there is investment there, but little work. Like I don't have to set up structures. I don't have to dig up things, right? Um, they are not permanent. I can decide I'm not going to grow in any containers this year. Yeah. You know, and that's that. Whereas, you know, if I'm sitting in looking at my raised beds and I'm not growing in them, they're just kind of these structures that are sitting there empty, you know? So, um, yeah. I, have I got to, a lot to say. I'm trying to pace myself. Last week, I, I had us on the fast forward. Like, I was like, get to the next topic, which you didn't like, you didn't know the next thing I wanted to talk about because we don't, we don't really walk through it in that level of detail. So I'm trying to pace myself. Don't keep on looking at me. So I'm laughing at two things. So one, let me address that comment first. So yeah, you were definitely like, if somebody didn't know you, they'd be like, damn, Batavia just did a bunch of meth before she came on because it is out of her (laughs) character to go that fast, which for the record, Batavia is not on meth, but that's just a different story. Um, And then second, I laugh because we have recently picked up a lot of followers. So thank you and listeners. So everybody who's new, thank you. But when we said, you know, Batavia's got 1,483 beds, you like how I remember that number. I have to say that it's not, that is not an accurate number because we get comments and they're like, what in the hell is going on with Batavia's garden? <laughs> how much does she really have? So, yeah. um, you'll just have to find out, but we're not going to, we, we always, it's a running joke on the show from day one of Batavia's entrance, magnificent entrance into this realm we've had this joke look at you that's right go ahead uh-huh. i'm feeling good i um i, know I you am are. believing I'm the lie that's, of it. <laughs> yeah that spring is here uh, my spirits are up uh, but no we, we won't leave you hanging as of the recording of this video video this podcast i have eight raised beds in my front yard which has been converted full onto a garden. And then I have eight raised beds in my backyard. Um, and I say as of the recording, because I keep on meaning to break ground <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a part of our expansion, we've been talking about with a couple of really narrow beds. Now, the important note in the big asterisk, they vary in size. So, I mean, 
almost none of them are the same size. I mean, I think I have like two beds in the front yard that are the same size. That's actually a lie too. Long and short of it, don't think about like straight, a straight line of raised beds. I've configured things to kind of squeeze things into the space I have. Um, so what's that it, like 16, 17, 18, going on 17, 18? Um, I counted eight in the front, eight in the back. So that would make yep. 16. That's simple math. But you know, yeah. you know my rule, don't do math in public. So this is true. There's that. Um, yeah. And basically my garden looks like an erector set. If you've listened to the last episode and then Miss mm-hmm. Batavia's garden looks like a Lego set. So there's that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll go there. Yeah. Especially because I just stepped on a pile of Legos and all you parents out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> excruciating pain. But um, look, let's do this. Let's go to the break real quick. And then when we come back, we're going to break down container gardening and different types Um ways to handle it different challenges and benefits and how it relates to expansion and good candidates be right back hey everybody thanks for checking out the backyard gardens podcast if you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast head over to our patreon page to sign up you can also make a one-time donation using paypal both of these links are in the description with your support we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens see ya we want you to be a part of our gardening community dm us a picture of your garden at backyard gardens tv on instagram and we will share it with our listeners you know how I know it's getting close to spring? Because your allergies are getting you, aren't they? No, I don't have allergies. I, I don't experience oh, okay. allergies. Yeah. Okay. Four sneezes uh. and three <laughs> later, I don't have allergies in 10 minutes. Come on, people. Yeah. I am not going to be the person that grew into allergies. Nope. Not me. Well, that happened to me, but you know what? I fight through it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, look, let's do this. Let's talk about the uh, container garden. And just containers in general. Um, what's considered a container garden? Um, I'd say anything that has um, a bottom and some type of encasing that allows you to hold soil. Okay. I like that. I like it. So it doesn't have to be a pot from the store. I mean, that's like No, the absolutely key. not. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started off using five-gallon buckets mm-hmm. and- they were all bright orange because I went to Home Depot and it was ugly as hell, but it worked. And then I found a can of spray paint and then I fixed that. But um, how it pertains to this series that we're talking about is if you want to, um, Leonard, rewind time back to <laughs> 2009 or 10 and I had my first garden. And at the same time, I was putting containers on my porch. And that's how I expanded my garden then. Before I broke ground on new beds, you know, and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a great way to add more growing without the labor of digging. Wouldn't you say? Yep. I agree 120%. Okay, podcast over. Everybody have a good day. Yeah, I think that um, I think last week I mentioned my inability to remember with 100 percent certainty, but I believe um, containers for me actually did start off with more like pots that you would traditionally grow flowers in. Yeah, because I've always been a fan of flowers, planting flowers and, you know, caring for flowers um, and 
because I have an eye for, oh, that would look good, you know, and kind of building the aesthetic around my yard. Um, I had a number of pots, you know, and so as I kind of poked around and, and kind of understood kind of what people were doing in their gardens and how I can improve my garden technique and so on and so forth, you know, I stumbled across container gardening as a thing, right? And you know, hey, if it's dirt that you put in this pot to grow flowers, you can put dirt in this pot to grow food, you know, so. Um, so you came up, up with front, it on your own? Yeah, I invented container gardening. Holy yeah. crap. We have a celebrity uh, on our hands. <laughs> it's it's something that, you know, sometimes I'm embarrassed by, you know, because there are a lot of people that take credit for it. Yeah. And I'm not one to try to steal someone else's thunder um, or embarrass them. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was an easier transition. All jokes, all jokes. It was an easier transition because I kind of had that material. And because I um, was using like things like potting soil, which we'll get into some of those things as well. Um, I don't know. This already feels like a part tour. Uh, so because we um, we already had like potting soil and things like that, like it was a real easy transition for me to just try to grow food. Uh, but to your point, I started off with like a 30 foot by four foot space like in ground for my garden. And at that stage, that was kind of the limit in my mind. Like I didn't want to build out anything else. Like that wasn't where my thought uh, process was. So in order to grow something different or in addition to what I was already growing in that one space, it was like, okay, containers made sense to me, you know? So. Yeah, I was the same way When, when I had my first garden. I didn't want to really break ground on anything new. I wanted to eliminate grass that I had to cut but I didn't care about making another garden. And so that's where the container is really filled in for me. And I remember I had like an eggplant and then somebody had given me one of those, I don't know exactly the term, but the long skinny pots mm-hmm. that you can put in like a deck rail. And I put like a couple um, jalapenos in those. And I, I was happy mm-hmm. just getting a couple jalapenos here and there. The eggplants were prolific as hell. You know, and I didn't know what to do with them at the time. I think I even had a tomato maybe. And then, you know, I had some herbs. Of course, I had herbs um, right there. But I didn't have a whole lot. But it was enough to kind of fulfill that urge. And what it really did is it fulfilled the the convenience factor of getting some fresh produce because I had it on my actual porch. So all I had to do was just go outside and grab a couple things. And that was a big deal for me. And it was actually, I think it was like two years until I really decided to like, okay, let me make another garden bed. And then when I did Mm -hmm. that, I I think I jumped into making like two more. And I think over time I may, I can't, I mean, you have to forgive me. My memory is foggy, but um, I think I, I started cutting down on the amount of containers I had. Actually, I know I did because as my, my um my bonsai garden grew on my porch then i had to have more room and so i kind of started eliminating and i had more space but i didn't know what to grow in that space mm-hmm. so that was the other thing too is so i could move it into that but um you know i'd move like the eggplants from the porch into the actual garden and that was a big deal you know what i mean so i think there's an argument that a container is a good place to test a certain vegetable out in Yeah, I still do that to this day. And let me just make one note. So when, you know, kind of I open up and said for gardeners that wouldn't be able to garden otherwise, I'll actually amend that and say um, that 
I, my garden space for years, again, it's that one space along the fence line where the cage baby currently is, but that's like 30 feet by four feet. That's, that was the only dirt that I had in my backyard. Like right. the rest of my backyard is patio. It was here when I moved in and porch and deck. Right. So there was no other place that I had. Actually, that's my grandfather and I planted collards on the side of my garage one year because that was a space that had dirt but anywho so it was what do you do this is before the idea of dig up your front yard came up you know so whatever I was growing in that 30 foot by four foot space and then alongside the garage was kind of it and I had already started to get bit by the bug and so you know some people don't grow in ground based on soil conditions um, and there are a bunch of other different reasons but for me, that space that I had, it was kind of like, okay, you can grow here, but that's this is the only space you can grow, yeah. right? And so that, again, leads me to expanding my garden space, my gar- garden footprint. And I did that initially through containers before I ever, um, and spoiler, you can ac- absolutely put raised beds on concrete and grow on concrete. I actually searched around a lot to see how effective that would be before I actually started uh, building out raised beds. Um, Mel Bartholomew is an advocate of that. I don't know that I saw him do that. Yeah, the square foot garden, that was like one of the big things is like you can put it right on a patio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there you have <clears throat> and, it. Yeah, yeah and he kind of gave designs and ideas behind it. So um, I, like, I like how I use that guy's name like we're friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, our buddy Mel. Um, and and the there's so much learning there. So similar to um, like putting something on a patio and building it up. Like I didn't understand back then how much soil some of these plants really needed to sit in to grow. You know, so I describe it now as like, how deep will these roots go? And so that was a part of that, what I viewed as a challenge, like, okay, yeah, I could put something on a patio and, you know, add dirt to it, but how much do I need? And so there's a similar question around the types of containers you use, you know, how big of a container do you need? Right. And my immediate answer, if I could ever give anything an answer in one sentence, it would be, it depends on what you're growing. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, um. So Miss Batavia got me, um, it's kind of a serious gift, but a gag gift at the same time. I feel like she got me the square foot gardening, like actual book, which I've never read from cover to cover. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to make a confession. I'm such a garden dork that whenever I go camping, I always take gardening books to read while I'm out camping. (laughs) So I'm going to be camping season is starting up. So I'm going to be powering through it. So, um, good for you. Yeah, it is good for me. But, yeah, you know, I don't think the roots go as deep as you think. Well, not you think, but like as people think, because when I pull up my plants at the end of the year, they're not going all the way down through the whole bed. So I don't know. I don't really understand why I made my my bed so deep. I think I had a misconception, maybe. Even my sweet potatoes don't go that deep. I think, um, and garden cleanup is one of the best ways to figure that piece out, you know? And so this is, again, one of those things that you, I learned over time, right? You know, so you buy the little plant or you plant the seed, like everything starts off pretty small. And then at the end of the season, I would pull up my tomato plants and say, wowzer, right? And so in my mind, that was kind of like the bar, like tomato plants, 
they can have big root systems, everything from a spreading to, I mean, I don't know, I'm terrible at these kind of measurements, but maybe like six or eight inches or something. That's, that's about um, five or six inches you're holding up. That my hand is. Yeah. yeah. I told you I'm terrible at it. So something in between five and, and 58 inches. Uh, no. Good uh, night. But, what a spread. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> to that point, like that's what made me think, okay, because traditionally I know of gardening, growing food, farming in just plain old soil. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that the, um, the vegetables primarily is what we're talking about. will have the space that they need, right? Like this is before we get into like how good is the soil that they're growing and all that stuff. Like, oh yeah, I have an open garden space, but you know, the soil five feet or five inches below isn't good. Like, what am I going to get into all of that? So I absolutely understand how people, because I had that misconception as well, think, oh, you absolutely need all of this space to grow in. You know, for me, for containers, it's less about how much soil you're growing in and more about the more soil you have, the easier it is, which I'm jumping ahead because I'm excited. The easier it is to keep that container watered. Right. You know, so the smaller that container, the quicker it will dry out. And that's why you need a bigger container. Mm-hmm. That is the sole reason why you need a big container. And that is the my main downfall with that. Not the sole reason, but that's a one of the Primary, top reasons. Primary, I'm out here yeah. with all kinds of adjectives, man. Listen, I've been yeah. doing this Wordle. I don't know. Have, you, have I talked to you about playing Wordle? No, so, and don't. And we're not yeah, having this conversation. New York Times now owns it, but that's another conversation. So I'm all like, you know, five-letter words, which that one wasn't. But anywho, here we are. <clears throat> I can think of a five-letter word. no but seriously um you know watering is like it's that's the downfall that i have with it Mm -hmm. is you know where i live it's hot and so like it's really hard to keep these things watered Mm -hmm. and i mean there's times you know i would never water my regular garden every day i wouldn't do it yeah Mm -hmm. But this one, I'm having to water, you know, if I do the containers every day. And so you talk about, you know, we've talked about container size, basically. And I do have to make a statement that I've said in previous podcasts this year that I was going to do grow bags. Mm-hmm. And I changed my mind because I was talking to Batavia about this. I have two big pots that I have in my front yard that just, they don't do very well there. So I'm going to bring those into my backyard and add them into the corners of the beds and grow additional, like maybe a quick tomato or something like that, just like an in and out kind of crop and put that in there. And then it's a good thing because not only that, um, one of the big things too, and so we've talked, we're, we're talking about how watering is kind of an issue for me, but the other a benefit on the converse side is I can pick up that pot and move it somewhere else. If I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be able to water it. Let me put it in the shade for a couple of days. Yeah. I'm going yeah. out of town. I can move this. I can move it over to where my sprinkler is going to be hitting or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different, you know, different ways to manage this. So it's a it's a great way to expand a garden by not breaking ground and I mean, I think, too, if you do it right, it adds a lot of beauty to your garden as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you can, you know, if, even if you do fl- like I don't care, you do flowers or whatever. I think it can add a lot to the garden. I could be wrong, but yeah. I think it just can, you know, and you have the ability to change it over the years. 
Yeah. Let me um just do a quick walkthrough and I'm not going to list all 40 of the containers, but I just want to quickly talk about the types of containers I grow in it. And I plan on doing something um like this again. I did this a couple of years ago on YouTube, but I plan on doing it again since I've expanded a bit. Uh, but I mentioned one gallon. And so some of those are one gallon buckets, which almost all the buckets I grow in are free buckets that I've gotten from grocery stores. Um, you know, a lot of the grocery stores, bakery sections or a bakery. Um, everyone doesn't give them away, but a lot of spaces in my city uh, will give them to you for free. So I have everything from one to five gallon. So one gallon, two gallon, four gallon, five gallon buckets. They're white buckets and they don't bother me much being white buckets. Um, I know that you mentioned the orange buckets, um, which I'm not a fan of either. But um, I also have some more decorative pots that were originally purchased for the purpose of flowers. Um, and they are about 17 gallons and they look really good. They're sexy, man. They're black. They're sleek. You know, they, they can stack up. Ain't nothing better than a sexy pot. I'm telling I'm you. I'm telling you, man. Like, no matter what you're growing in, yeah, I could just have compost in there, man. That's going to be some sexy compost. Damn um, it. I'm ready. I'm telling you. <laughs> And then I have a series of different size grow bags. So um, actually started off with 20 gallon grow bags. I have 10 gallon grow bags and I recently invested in seven gallon grow bags. Um, and then I have your ends and odds. So it's like everything in between, you know, um, the railings. I have a bunch of those, like those skinny kind of railing yeah. uh, size containers. I get those and. If I purchase it, primarily I'm purchasing it from your home improvement stores, Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards. Um, and so I have a bunch of kind of varying sizes of those, which I think primarily are designed for the purpose of flowers. Like that's like who they're marketing to. Um, but I found some great use in them. Um, Do peppers go great in there? Peppers mm -hmm. go awesome in those railing pots? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like almost I should have directed this episode because I, I want to take us to the point of, so there's some of my favorites when it comes to growing. Um, yeah. And I'll say that favorite, but um, I want to, before it, it leaves me, Do it. I want to talk about um, the biggest lesson that I learned very early on with containers and that's drainage. Right. So yeah. on one hand, we talked about you need to make sure that you're watering these containers, which is crucial. Right. Um, but also, you, what do we we've said this before? I don't know any plant, herb or flyer, fly, flyer, flower that likes to sit in water, you know, day on day on day. <laughs> oh, oh, is it bonsai? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bald <laughs> cypress. Yeah. I okay. set them in a, in a tub of water. So that's the single thing in the world that likes to sit yeah. in water, right? Yeah, there's um, not much. I mean, <laughs> but over the years, I realized um, after I had kind of soggy roots that a lot of these containers uh, that are meant to be pots and things will come with some drainage holes, but a lot of them aren't big enough to, you know, really support the kind of watering and growing we're doing. And then anything you're repurposing, which container gardenings are so great. Like that's so great for repurposing things. Um, drainage holes need to be drilled into those. So I'm going to pause there. I'm going to give you back the microphone. Yeah. So um, if you want to talk about um, reusing stuff, that's exactly what my container garden is. And I, I hesitate to call my garden a container garden. It's my containers. Um, mm -hmm. But they are, I go to 
Anytime I buy a plant to put in my yard and it comes in that big plastic pot, I keep it. And that's what I use. Or I go to the uh, garden center and they actually recycle them. And I say, hey, man, let me jump in your dumpster. And I go jump in. You know, I'll just pull a couple big pots out or whatever. They're all black. Um, they're nothing fancy, but they definitely do the trick. You know what I mean? And they actually have each one of them. Um, you're going to think I'm dumb for knowing this, but I know this is, has five big drainage holes, one in the middle and then four on the corners, which is important because that's where the water will pool up in the corner. So um, I don't have an issue with that, but I know when I had the buckets, I did have an issue and I got to the point where I actually ended up um, punching out the bottom of the buckets and, mm. you know, enter the almighty drill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the drill save. I mean, that's what I use my drill for solely for years is making drainage holes. I swear it didn't yep. do nothing but drainage holes. Mm-hmm. But um, you're exactly right. I think it is. And it, a lot of container gardens I see are not like I, I, this is going to come out wrong. I'm just going to say it the way it's in my head or else we'll, I'll stutter. It's not a well thought out like, oh, let me go and purchase these pots for this container garden. A lot of times it's this is what I can use. Let me use it. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's great because in a world where everything's plastic, we have a lot of issues with that and it gets wasted and it fills up our landfills. But you're taking it and you're using it into your garden for a purpose. And mm-hmm. I read a book one time. Um, it's funny how things work. This is around the same time I started gardening and, um, I was on a ship for, uh, 20 days and I took a series of books. I mean, I've read a lot of books and one of them was, it was like, <clears throat> it was a Christian novel about the end of the world. Kind of, there was like a, um, a solar flare and all the power went out. Long story short, everybody was struggling except for this old lady and they went to her house and she had in her windowsills and on her porch and everything, she had like cool whip containers and all kinds of like trash containers just filled up with dirt and plants that she was growing. And they were like, what are you doing? She was like, I, you don't waste this stuff. You know, it's given to us. It was a gift. Let's not waste it. Let's reuse it. And then from that moment on for the next eight books in the series, they (laughs) became this flourishing group of people in a world where there was nobody left because they were able to grow food and contain it. And in the winter time, they could bring it in and do stuff like that. You know, they could cover them and do all kinds of things. So it was it was very it's it's very important for me to see that and read that because it's so true. You know, there's a lot of waste and a container garden will help eliminate that or at least prolong it. Let me say, I mean, because eventually the pot will break down. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to pull myself together because that speaks to two things that I love. <laughs> Dark Batavia loves post-apocalyptic I know. things, right? And then clearly, you know, everyday Batavia loves gardening. I'm going to send um, you the books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't want to ask on the air. You're going to um, read. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, now, I'm gonna, hold on. Listen, listen. You can't you know, be nicer you- to do that. I let you get away with the whole no she's not she really doesn't use meth right like <laughs> like I feel like this is like character assassination or something and now like oh you're gonna read because I'm actually listening to an audiobook so maybe there is some truth to that anyway um, I'll send you the audiobook then if that helps yeah yeah so this is a couple of notes here um, this is the way I live I save a lot of things because I mm-hmm. believe most everything can be repurposed uh, 
I feel great about it until I'm stepping over shit, you know? So there is that piece of it. But for so many years, I bought everything in my garden that was planted flowers and food, uh, vegetables and herbs and things from someplace. Right. And they're just clearly they're not giving that stuff to you, you know, putting a pile of dirt in a plant in your hand. Right. They come in containers of varying sizes. And so this is a great tip if you have the space and the discipline to not just make it like this shit show of like crap everywhere. Um, There's so many things that I and kind of off topic, but connected, even with seed starting, there are a lot of containers that I clean up that I I bought whatever the plant was that I plant it and clean it up. And then I save that container and I'll use it in my seed starting. But they're also, especially for some of your larger flowers, um, there are a lot of containers that can be repurposed and you can grow food in them, you know? So I, I do, I know it gets kind of like, you know, like kitschy, like, you know, there, there's, you know, how you have gardens with like trinkets everywhere. Like I try to be careful of that when it comes to the design, you just don't want all of this random crap. But at the end of the day, if your primary goal is to grow food, there are all kinds of ways that you can get that started or keep that going. Yeah. Um, so think perennial flowers. They're giving you one gallon uh, containers easily. You know, my yeah. favorite hibiscus. Anytime I bought those one gallon, two gallons, um, you pay an arm and a leg for the plant. You know, luckily it's beautiful. But why not keep that container if you can, you know, and use that? I planted mustards in those con- size containers last year. Um, so, yeah, I reuse containers, especially the ones that you bu- you get when you buy plants and stuff. <clears throat> I mm-hmm. have those everywhere. And when I do my um, annual seedling set- sell, sale, um, I will use, re- I've had problems with people contact me and they're like, did you grow these or did, are these from the company? I'm like, no, I'm just mm-hmm. reusing the pot, man. Like yeah. there's no point in wasting it. Like come get yep. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I, I definitely, I definitely do, the do that thing. when I'm potting things up for sure. Yeah. Cause those are great sizes. Cause think about it again. You, if you buy a pepper plant from the store, when it's time for me to pot up my pepper plants, it's going to be in that same size container. So, right. Yeah, and I definitely have bought some containers too, but I continue to save mm-hmm. them. And I have actually, I have a shelf in my shed that is nothing but old containers stacked up. And I Say use that them three all times the time. Real fast. No, there's no way I can get it out three times. I can't even get it out another time. But, um, you know, when we come, we got way off topic, of course, but it's kind of the benefit of, you know, the reusing stuff is one of the benefits of the container garden. And then, I think it's the biggest benefit really, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but the versatility of it too, you know, we kind of alluded to being able to move them around and stuff like that and place them in different areas. I mean, have you ever looked at somewhere in your, in your space and be like, you know what? A tomato would look really good there. It would be a nice bush for right now. It'd be functional, but you can't really get it there. And that's when the container would help because then you can just like put it there. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, the same never, with testing out waters too. 
I've never looked at it like that. Um, but after I've put something there, I'm like, oh, okay. I like how that's growing. Oh, that's convenient. I absolutely use some of my containers for testing. Like there's some of my, the newer crops. I will start with them in containers to see if I can be successful with containers because I still look at, and I know, I know, don't come for me, but I still look at the raised beds as my primary growing space. Right. You know, so that's the the best that I have. And so if I can grow some things in containers and they can be successful, then I can save this other growing space for other things that have different needs. Like I don't have to worry about watering my tomato plant that's in ground or in a raised bed every day. Right. You know, but if I'm successful with growing them in a container, then, Hey, I could even give some of that soil a rest from growing tomatoes. So there are definitely a bunch of different benefits. Um, and, and I like the way you say without breaking ground, like you don't need to break ground No, to have to grow food, to have containers. No, you don't. And I mean, people in apartments, they can grow on porches mm-hmm. just like I did. You can grow on balconies, you know, balconies patios, you know, a, <clears throat> a lot of spaces. I mean, look, my man on that movie Waterworld, mm-hmm. he grew a tomato plant on a damn boat and purified his piss so he could water it. <laughs> Hashtag just saying. So, I mean, it's definitely been shown. Um, I mean, and that, that movie, by the way, is true facts. So anybody who mm. says it's bad is just terrible. But mm. um, made me lose my train of thought. So we, this goes really well with the uh, vertical gardening episode that we did last week. And if you haven't listened to that, you should go all the way to the end of this one and then go back. But containers can really fit in perfect because not only are, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about like upside down tomatoes and stuff like that, but hanging pots, mm-hmm. you know, hanging them up so they don't even have to be on the ground at all. You know, hang them from a tree if you have to hang them, you know, do all kinds of things. I mean, I got a uh, last year I went and got a four by four and stuck it in the ground. I spent 20 bucks on it and I have three hanging pots on it, you know, and I could continue to go down more and more if I wanted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's another good way to, you know, really expand. And at that point, I'm going to go on, on on record and just say if you're growing vert, if you're growing in a pot in the air, you're growing vertically no matter what it is, it's got to be vertical, right? Mm. Just say yes. Just agree yes. with me. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. You're such a good there friend. Is a, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> there is, um, I've wanted to grow herbs and... Um, should have started uh, have with those. Of, hmm? You should have started with those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forever debate there. So I wanted to grow herbs and um, a couple of round raised beds. They're actually fire pits, um, 36 inches around in the front yard. But I found last year that having herbs right outside my door in a container were so convenient. It helped me keep track of and use them so much more. I mean, the general rule is the closer that the garden is to your home, the better. And sometimes that even means like stepping outside your door versus 20 feet away from your door. Um, And so I'm, I'm, I've basically said, you know, 
I can actually just with the containers that I have plant my herb space, my herb garden right here outside of my door. Um, and it's nice because it's not, I don't have to worry about frying them. You know, I don't have to worry about that con- set of containers drying out too fast because it gets like maybe morning sun, but basically afternoon shade, which goes back to the idea of how often or how um, infrequently or how frequently I want to water. Um, however, for those that really do need watering, it's right outside my door. It's going to be the first yeah. thing that I see when I do my garden walk. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for something else. And you stopped. <laughs> so it's it a classic Batavia of like, it's not mid sentence. I'm basically down with a thought that was, you know, in formulating sentence. as I said it. Yeah. Yeah. In thought. No, it's um, <clears throat> when, when you plant and, when you plant close to the house, you're exactly right. You will use it more. You will tend to it more. You'll be able to take care of it and keep an eye on it. And a lot of times some people, you know, people don't have dirt right next to their door. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, the containers then lend that spot. And I think that's really what we need to take away from or what I need to take away from. It, and I hope other people do is it's about bringing the food closer to you putting it in places in which you may not be able to grow so that you can be more mindful of what you're doing and growing it. And I mean, let's be honest, if I have a basil next to my back porch and I have a basil out in my garden, the basil Mm -hmm. out in my garden is going to bolt and be full of flowers and be bitter. The basil by my porch is going to be nice and trimmed and bushy. And that's just cold, hard facts. So, um, you know, and I don't mind if it's a little bit bitter, whatever, but Truth be told, I would rather not have the bitter basil. Mm-hmm. Let's just mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, I just came up with an idea in my head. Um, so when it comes, we are. Hmm? Let's hear it. Versus an idea that would have come from some other place besides my head. Uh, so I was thinking about um, this corner of my back porch. I put all kinds of different flowers there over the years and it's just remember how you said earlier it doesn't have to be an ugly space you know you can look and say oh that would look good there I really like the look of it it makes me happy walking out of the door looking out of the window Um, and so the idea was I actually what I want to do is build like a little shelf that's a little bit higher because otherwise I have to use like plant stands so they're not on the ground I like them more like you know chest level Um, But the second idea was um, I can just put my grow bags, my smaller grow bags right there. I had basil um, and lemon balm in a container right outside of the door. And it's exactly what you said. I use that much more often than I had a mixture of herbs um, further into the backyard lined up with some other grow bags. And I didn't really even get to those herbs until the weather started to cool off and they struggled all summer like in the heat of the summer um and so it's in my mind i'm saying i probably need to bring all of those things closer to me but the asterisk is i can still interplant uh flowers if i want i can still put a container that has flowers in right like you can everything doesn't have to be one straight thing it doesn't have to be all herbs it doesn't have to be all flowers it doesn't have to be all vegetables uh, and i think that container gardening it's just like if you're doing a raised bed you can play around with that you know well last year i have you know i have that big container by my greenhouse mm-hmm. <clears throat> last year i put five pepper plants in it 
one marigold, one pinwheel petunia, and a baby's breath in there. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty until it got overgrown and crazy, and then it wasn't pretty. But that's a different story. We won't really rehash that. But it was pretty. You know what I mean? And it was it allowed me to do something like that, and it allowed me to be a little bit more creative in my space versus in my raised beds where I'm like, look, space is a premium. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get one flower and then that's all you're going to get. So um, it was definitely, I I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to doing that again. And if I did another, I've kind of played around with the thought of changing my system for my herb garden. Mm -hmm. And if I do that, I may actually move that into giant pots as well and do something like that where it's just more, more butamous and, you know, something more pleasing to the eye. I'm not, I'm not sold on what I'm doing yet. And I may not Mm -hmm. even be sold this year because I'm running out of time quick, but, um, you know, I did one. There's another reason way I used a container before. I grew chamomile for a long Mm -hmm. time and I read very early on that it can be almost invasive because of the way it drops its flowers and everything. So I put it on the corner of my bed in a one gallon pot and then I I never had issues with it. And I Mm -hmm. got tea for years and years out of it and I was able to take care of it. So that was another benefit of that too, is like you have a plant that could be invasive like mint or something like that, you can put it into a pot and isolate it that way. At least so you can keep the roots from going into the ground and spreading that way, or you can move it away in case it drops seeds or something like that. That's a huge tip, a huge tip, a huge tip. I vowed not to grow mint in a garden bed or garden space unless it's in a container because of how invasive it is. Um, And I think I've seen you do this as well. I've done this depending on the year, uh, taking a pot, uh, a container of some sort, and actually kind of buried it almost into the the garden. Um, I did this with some flowers. originally yeah. and I mean I'm going to keep it really real with you it was because a couple of my flower pots, pots had walked off of my porch and so I figured if I bury these bitches you know yeah. <laughs> someone's going to have to work to, to get this and it wasn't obvious to the eye but I say that you know from a gardening perspective you can do that and it could help when it comes to if you have the, the space it can help when it comes to um, your watering needs one thing about again I go back to the containers the reason why I like to group my containers and I've come to this decision over the years. One, I like the look of them, but two, it allows me to be more disciplined when it comes to watering them. Yeah. You know, so I've had over the years containers everywhere in my space. And um, the further they are apart, it may look good, but the further they are apart, the more taxing it is on the gardener to keep up, especially if you're talking about, even if you have four or five or six or seven containers, like that's still something to keep up with. Um, so... That's something I try to do. And I've, I envision that as as soon as you put together, what's the rule of three for landscaping and gardening and all? As soon as you put yeah. three of something together, I, can, I call it a garden. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. I um, And so just for the record, I, I want to get this out before we go on too far. You know, we waited till late in the show, but use container soil and amend it as needed. And I actually mulch mine too. I'll put a mat of... Um, let me say it correctly. Wheat straw. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not hay. It's wheat straw. 
So I yeah. use that um, and top this to help with the moisture and stuff like that. And then I use it and, and stays on the winter time. It'll help fluctuate. It'll help temperature fluctuations and it'll break down and add to the soil over time. But you really want to make sure you're using the correct soil because it's made. And you could make your own by just adding um, peat sphagnum moss in mm-hmm. if you wanted. But this is already pre-made for you. So it's a lot easier now as the prices go up, which they are. I'm here to tell you a bag of soil is not cheap then maybe you should experiment. And then I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I would do is I would go heavier on the peat sphagnum moss, heavy on the compost, and then just some regular soil with it. And then that'll help. But um, you definitely want to make sure you're using the correct stuff because it will hold moisture better and makes a huge difference. And fertilize pretty good. Yeah, I um, for years have bought potting soil, potting mix. For me, they they're, they're the same, um, but they, it's hella expensive, right? And the more you grow in containers, the more you know some type of growing medium you need. Um, so I do two things, which you describe. So I use peat moss because I've bought like two big bags of it. Um, an alternative is cocoa coir. Um, which is supposed to be a more sustainable version of it. I'm going to finish off my peat moss, you know, um, and I mix in peat moss, um, sometimes some regular um, soil, depending on kind of what kind of container I'm growing in, um, some compost, just a bit of it. Um, and I absolutely, similar to you, uh, mulch those containers um, to try to retain some of that moisture. Um, I absolutely reuse spent potting soil so you know so there are nutrients in the soil you buy when you buy potting soil and potting mix right um but you're not gonna that that's going to be used up once you get out throughout the season so to your point um i probably focused on fertilizing my containers first when i decided to bite the bullet and you know get into fertilizing because i knew that those plants were going to be um challenged right and think about you're also watering some of that kind of food plant food out of it too when you're watering um i think the other thing um, right and conversely it can build up the salts from it too because of the way it is so it is nice it is important to find a a balance yeah one last note regarding soil Um, if i have a huge container like you know for me like 20 15 20 plus 30 gallon, something like that. Um, I absolutely, you know, because again, we talked about very early on, a lot of these plants don't need a lot of growing space. So something that has more shallow roots even, or your general plant, probably anything that's, you know, your peppers, your lettuces, your herbs and things like that, that don't have huge root systems. If I'm putting them in a huge pot, if that's the decision I've made, I'll put spent potting soil at the bottom, meaning that, you know, I used it last year, you know, grew in it, and then I'm not adding much to it, but I just need some filler, you know, so I do that as well. That's what Batavia does for her soil, everybody. End sentence. End sentence. And then... Begin recipe of the day. This episode is proudly sponsored by The Garden We Share from North South Books. It's an inspiring new picture book written by Zoe Tucker and illustrated by Juliana Sweeney, the number one New York Times bestselling illustrator of We Are the Gardeners by Joanna Gaines. This beautiful book celebrates the friendship between a young girl and an elderly woman as they plant seeds in a community garden alongside friends and neighbors. 
Waiting for the Seeds to Flower. A great gift for all ages on sale spring 2022 at a bookstore near you or online. Please visit northsouth.com for more information. To everything, there is a season in this beautiful book about treasured memories and gardening. Ben, what question do we get asked the most? I would have to say it's probably more something like, what are the products we use in our gardens the most? Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. Hey, there's an Amazon link below. When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast, but all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. All right, so I need you all to try this with me, and I, I need you to not turn your noses up. Uh, so this is a pea soup, right? I know. <laughs> Dude, you're a freak. I just ate that for dinner last night. Uh, get out of the world. So this is three, three strikes now, you know, with you a name calling. Well, what the talk after class? Um, I didn't call you a name. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... This is kind of in the spirit of kind of spring and you'll be harvesting some of your peas soon. Um, I'm going to go with, we're going to heat a medium pot, medium heat, four or five, six quarts, whatever the sizes you normally cook in. We're going to add some scallions that are chopped up. We're going to add some tarragon or basil, which we may not have in our gardens yet, but you could purchase it too. We're going to stir that up until it's soft three or four minutes um, now you're going to use your peas and it could be fresh or frozen you're going to need about three cups of peas though and these are your sweet peas is what i'm talking about which your face i knew like i had a winter winter chicken dinner and i'd love to hear your adjustments here too since you just recently had it all right so we're going to add the peas and stir for about a minute um, we're going to use vegetable broth. This is full vegetable soup here. Uh, so we're going to use vegetable broth, about three cups, right, to give it a little bit of like going power. You know, we want this to stretch out, right? Uh, so from there, we're going to bring the broth and mixture up to a boil and we're going to let it then simmer after it comes up to a boil turn the heat down let it simmer for three or four minutes now the thing about this is it's going to be a smooth soup right so it's okay you're not overcooking things um, we're going to take the soup off of the stove uh, we're going to put this into either a blender or if you have one of those immersion blenders you know you want to basically smooth this thing out um, so you're going to blend it up either way um, and then you're going to put it back on the stove this is where you're going to add some lemon juice I just love adding lemon juice to, to foods all right so we're going to add a couple of tablespoons of lemon juice this is where you season the way that you want you know salt and pepper uh, you can put some garlic powder in there if you want whatever the taste you're looking for that's where you can do that um, I prefer this I've had pea soup before I've not used this recipe but I prefer it warm but this is something obviously you could actually eat cold um, and then either use sour cream or yogurt if you want to top it with just a dollop of it um, this is a way that you can use either last year's pea harvest or what you're getting out of the garden this year or you can buy them um, I'm going to add some Maybe French bread, a little bit of butter on it on the side, or garlic bread because I have that in the freezer. And I'm going to enjoy pea soup, folks. So the only thing I would do different is I don't like mine blended. 
So what I do <clears throat> is I take a potato masher and I just mash them up. And when they release the starches, I let it mm-hmm. cook and it'll thicken up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the only thing I would do different. I just don't like mine like baby food. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the reason I was like, stay with me. Because I mean, the idea of like green peas and yeah. like, yeah, I get how that could be baby soup. Bish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did that with uh, like um, butternut squash. So, so in my house, I'm the soup master, yeah. so I make a lot of soups. And um, yeah, last night we had pea soup. You're so weird. That's crazy. I know that you are. You're either spying on me, or we just know each other that well to where you know what I'm eating now, and it freaks me out just a little bit. Well, I just I can't believe that the cameras are still active and they haven't been found. So. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's uh, and it's perfect timing too because everybody should be planting. If you listen to this show and you're not planting peas, what are you doing with yourself? I mean, really, no, no. Peas. What are you doing with yourself? Did we? I don't know. Did we ever? De- we've not declared you got to grow this this year. No, I think we should declare you got to grow. We've we've done your you grow this grow this series is one of our favorite series for grow. our minisodes. Yeah. All right. Uh, you should grow. <laughs> uh, you're really trying to chip into spring Batavia. Just coined it. <laughs> you have so many phases of Batavia. I get confused. I'm we have New Year Batavia. Man. We have spring Batavia. We have I'm I'm done with summer Batavia. We have the yeah, fall, yeah. the uplifting fall Batavia, the winter sadness Batavia. Yeah. What else do we have? I think that's it, right? Yeah. Personally, there's that that. Winter sadness is separate from holiday. Oh, Batavia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just Ben. (laughs) It's okay, though. It's okay. Like, I think um, I know the people that I know. I'm friends with the people that I'm friends because no one really gets the same Batavia. Right. Yeah. Not many people. Let me say that. Yeah, that's true. It keeps us on our toes. Mm-hmm. And all the listeners are on their toes too. <laughs> but um, not a solid recipe. And you know, tarragon. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's one of I'm those. I'm not sure herbs, how I feel, feel about it either. Yeah, I think it would be. It's a savory spice, I believe. So I'd probably use that over basil, though. I would think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I probably would use basil. I think. But I was um I was watching this, you know, again, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, like everyone like has a cooking show, a cooking channel, a cooking page. And so um, this this guy I used to watch and I, I see him come up in my feed from time to time and he's doing this thing like it's some paid service, you know, like, you know, like kind of like a take on masterclass. Um, but in the introduction, so I've not signed up for it or anything, but in the introduction, he said something like, um, People oftentimes, if they don't have ingredients that a recipe calls for, they toss the recipe. And a part of that comes from us not necessarily understanding what we get from a particular herb, you know, so the the flavor or the texture or the filling that that spice gives you or that herb gives you or whatever have you, like that allows you to make adjustments. I was actually um, in a different part of my life talking to some folks and um, she said that her the way that her mother taught her and her sisters to cook was you should be able to taste the recipe that she, once you read it. 
right? So, and and that never occurred to me. Like, once you read the ingredients of a recipe, you should know what it tastes like. You should actually be able to taste it. And so that allows you to make adjustments as you cook. And that allows you to go freeform on that recipe if you want to change some things out, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think sometimes... I would default to basil because I'm more familiar with that. But maybe I will try with tarragon because who knows? Well, one of the things I've learned in my years, um, and this goes back to when we were like full out vegan, there Mm. were so many spices that you had to have in order to create foods. So Mm. we thought, Mm. and you you couldn't keep up with it. So we ended up doing, and it's a simple Google search is what can I use instead of this, that, or the other. And I learned that, and this ties in directly with gardening, a lot of them are interchangeable and the flavor profiles are so similar that you don't have to have this all expansive herb garden mm-hmm. to in order to cover it. You can have like your basics would be oregano, thyme, basil. And I mean, that really covers the, your basis for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. So, you know, if you if you don't have time, you can use oregano or if you need parsley, you can use oregano or thyme. You know, there's all these different things that, you know, it's like if you don't have dried mustard, which a lot of recipes would call for, you can just use regular mustard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, plain old fashioned French's mustard, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. if you're like me, you buy the generic, so you can do that. But there's all these different ways you can do it. So um, I learned that and then it made me for my gardening a lot better because then I could focus on just certain herbs instead of going yeah. this like all expansive. I do want to grow bay leaves, though. I have yet to mm-hmm. grow those and I do want to grow those because we, we cook a lot of soups. Yeah, and they're expensive, too. And it's on my longer unofficial list as well. Um there's just so maybe, many opportunities. Maybe this year. I do have to buy some um, herbs and and different tea flowers and stuff for this year. So maybe I'll buy bay leaves this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I'm tired of buying them and then I'm being all crushed up. When you want me to put one bay leaf in, don't give me a <laughs> container that's all crushed up and powder. I don't want that. And then you have to fish it out. It's kind of like it's in 18 pieces. Yeah. yeah. I'm exaggerating a little bit there. You're not really. <laughs> it's pretty bad. All right, everybody. I hope truly that if you're trying to expand. Uh, uh, nope. Nope. We got to go long because you have to give candidates your favorite things to grow in oh, containers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. My bad. Um, I, I like tomatoes and eggplants and peppers. Those are my favorites to put in pots. Mm-hmm. So peppers, absolute hands down. Number one pick. Uh, for me uh, in containers lettuce because I'm kind of prissy I like clean lettuce and it's a much cleaner in containers for me than it has been kind of growing it in ground or you know um, in beds and I'm going to shout out to you although you've been away with me this episode I'm going to say herbs Uh uh-huh uh-huh herbs yeah Yeah. the whole lot of herbs didn't you do this to me earlier this season (laughs) 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 <laughs> don't narrow it down whatsoever yeah that's definitely a page out of my book mm-hmm. yeah and i think if you go with something that's not like i don't think corn would do very good i think people do it but i don't think that it works the best i tried it last year and it was a bomb yeah and then like melons and stuff i mean it works but the size of the roots isn't the problem it's the vines so mm-hmm. i feel like those aren't very good candidates you um i would agree that they're not the best candidates i would add I would actually um, 
at cucumbers, um, similarly vines. I think that all of those can be grown in containers, but you have to be very intentional, very planful. You have to keep your eye on those things. You have to fertilize. You have to make sure the water is is proper. Like they aren't as forgiving as some other plants that you would grow in containers. Yeah. Now you can't add a trellis to a pot. So there is that. Mm-hmm. That is not the issue. Um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting thought. Maybe I should do that this year. This is what I need. One more trellis. Mm-hmm. But um, and I think two asterisks, huge asterisk varieties check different varieties you have bushing varieties you have container varieties for a lot of things um you have smaller fruits for some stuff so there's a lot of options out there for your containers and it turns out that a lot of stuff i put in my garden are container varieties which doesn't make any sense but that's okay one of uh, some of that's a little bit of that's marketing one of the uh cherry tomatoes i'm growing again this year if it gets out of the grow room it's a patio variety of a a cherry tomato so the plant is just meant to get smaller than you would like your five feet six feet seven feet tall cherry tomato plant would that's a good thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how many cherry tomatoes do you really need you know every year i think about eh, but every year it's the first tomato i love them and then it's the it gets into end of summer of Batavia. I'm just like enough. Yeah. <laughs> My wife told me last year she goes, "Why in the hell would you take cherry tomatoes and trade them with somebody else for more cherry tomatoes?" And I was like, "Well, ours are yellow and theirs are red." She's like, "I don't give a shit what they are. Stop. Just get rid of them." <laughs> yes, ma'am. So that was that was my tongue lashing for the year in the garden. It was pretty brutal too, but that's all right. There's nothing better though than a cherry tomato. You're never going to get a, t- a tomato that's sweeter than a cherry tomato, and pick any variety really. Um, but a lot of them put on a lot of fruit. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're she's limited me to one cherry tomato plant in the garden yeah. each Smart year, woman. which mm-hmm. I can respect that. Mm-hmm. So there's your candidates. So everybody now. We've gone a little bit long, but that's okay. If you want to expand your garden, container gardens are great. It's a great way to test. It's a great way to move things around. Challenges are watering. Um, Stay on top of your fertilizing. Be creative. Add flowers to your pots and enjoy them. Thank you so much for being part of the show and listening. And um, we may end up adjusting the schedule for next week. I have to run it by Miss Batavia. I had an idea during the show. So um, mm-hmm. stay tuned. We may be continuing the Expand Your Garden series. Maybe. Ooh. No promises. But uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Check the links below. Become a patron. Buy a shirt, mug, coffee cup, fanny pack, whatever you want. It's there. Thank you. BYG Spring, 25% off until June 20th. See ya! We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.